Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are you? I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're with me. It's supposed to be wonderful. Well, that part is wonderful. Obviously. I think maybe if I like had a snack, it could take me from good to great. You know what I mean? (laughs) I really enjoyed the Teachable Tuesday we had recently. Yeah. Where we talked all about forgiveness. Yeah. And then I was like, man, we got to do a whole thing about forgiveness. I know. People had questions. But not this episode. This episode is only about conflict. Bum, bum, bum. I think conflict and forgiveness are linked. For me, my issues with forgiveness are because I don't engage in conflict. Mm. Like healthy conflict, you yeah. know? Interesting. I'm curious because you've talked in the past about struggling with conflict. Oh, yeah. And I know you've been with this counselor for a while and you really love her. And I know that you guys are doing great work together. Has that been something that has come up in counseling a lot? Or is it like working on other stuff? Or do you see any kind of improvement in that area? I think the coolest thing about counseling which is also, I think, a fruit of prayer, (laughs) is that we might be working on one thing, but it strengthens me and it gives me skills in another thing. So if I address this area of unhealed pain or like unresolved conflict, even from a long time ago, that like builds the strength and foundation for me to be able to use my voice or address a conflict rather than avoid it. So I might even not always be talking about that thing, but I'm learning skills that support me when that thing comes up. Does that make sense? Yeah. That reminds me when we've said in the past, it's all just a matter of holiness. We'll grow along the way. It's not just, Lord, I have no patience. I need you to give me patience or I'm not going to survive. It's just become holy and you will get patience. (laughs) So true. Thanks be to God. I remember the first time I went to counseling, I don't know how many years ago, and I wanted to go over this specific situation, a certain relationship. And I was like, I'm like really messed up. I like need to be healed. It wasn't at all about that. Wow. (laughs) It ended up being about a lot of other things a lot further back Mm. that caused me to act a certain way in this relationship. You know, it's what I always say about Lent. I see the tip of the iceberg but the Lord sees what's going on beneath the surface. So I want to address one thing. I want to give that up for Lent. I want to read books about that thing. I want to like attack it in confession, but it's almost never about that thing. That thing is symptomatic of a deeper wound or disease in me or in my soul. So it's taken a long time, but I am seeing the fruit of that work in prayer, and in counseling in my daily life. You know, one of the things I realized on my eight day, my anxiety was getting like triggered over very little things. And I was even starting to wonder like, do I like have anxiety? Do I like need medication? Mm. What is wrong with me? This is like very new for me, you know? 
And the Lord just, in a thousand ways, lifted the veil and showed me that like my anxiety is really around avoiding things. Mm. Like when I feel like I can't handle something or I'm like too overwhelmed, even little things. So I put them off or I like don't have that conversation. I have a ton of anxiety. I think avoiding it will kill the anxiety when in reality, avoiding is the root of the anxiety. Yeah. So that was like a massive revelation in prayer. And I think combined with the practical things of like honoring my body and how I'm feeling about things and just that like beautiful general way that like my sense of self is becoming more secure through counseling and the Lord affirming and confirming and reaffirming my identity and like his power, his love, all those things work together so that even recently I've seen the fruit of that in unexpected ways. I might be in a situation where it feels like very messy and emotional, but I'm addressing it pretty soon after it happened, which is like (laughs) truly huge. It's huge for me. Huge for me. I would much rather go on and pretend like it's fine and never say I'm uncomfortable, that hurt my feelings, what have you. I would like squash that and be extra nice, even though there would be like this sharpness Mm. and bitterness in me. I thought it was easier for me to live with like the hurt or the anger than to have the conversation. So I'm seeing more and more freedom in that way. I think also, Jenna, a huge part of that freedom for me is like doing life with you because you're so good at conflict. Conflict is such a charged word, but you're so good at just having hard or uncomfortable conversations. How are you like naturally so much more I don't want to say comfortable with conflict because I think it costs you. You don't mind for conflict. You're not aggressive. It's not mm. like that. You just talk about it. How are you so free to like talk about it? I think I remember as a kid always being told I had to go talk to people. Like your parents would just say like, go talk to that person. Yeah. I have a very justice oriented view of life, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. People have a right way to be treated mm-hmm. in a just way. And anytime I see someone not acting justly, it's like deeply offensive to me. And I am so offended <laughs> that I feel compelled to let them know that it's not okay to treat people like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see that in the way you parent all the time. Yeah. Like if there's something going on with Cecilia's friends. You'll say, go talk to that person. What did you say? Write them a letter. But I think even how people treat my friends or Mm. how people treat my kids or coworkers, if you are not treating this person as they are due to be treated, that is not okay with me. This just happened for us yesterday. I was talking about this interaction that I had with someone and I was kind of off balance about it felt a little uncomfortable but like I was doing my Beth thing where I'm like you know that's me I'm like a weirdo (laughs) (laughs) yeah I remember and you're like no that was not okay yeah it was just just wrong yeah it's just not right okay even you using the word wrong I'm like wow I mean that's strong (laughs) like okay I could see you know maybe that's a boundary thing but like you know I have like weird boundaries like I'm too much or whatever and you were like no 
that person was wrong. And I was like, oh, what? Instead of what I would normally do, which is like all these mental gymnastics to figure out why it was my fault. Totally. Now I'm like, oh, uh, okay. That- it could just be that someone has an issue. <laughs> you know? I just usually assume I'm the one with you the don't. issues, you know? You don't. <laughs> okay. I think this is a very real thing, though. I think people are all over the spectrum on this. You can, you know, like me, take too much ownership and responsibility and conflict. Or you can be over here. I think only like sociopaths are on the other end of the spectrum where they're like, that's not my fault. Nothing's my fault. So what is the middle ground? The middle ground is talking about it. For you, for that example, it's, oh, okay. That wasn't right. It wasn't like good. You're still very passionate about that example. It just wasn't a good. (laughs) That's all. It's calling a spade a spade. You call it out. That's all it is. You walk away. I do a lot of that. I'll like talk to my friends and I'm like, "Uh, this is what I'm feeling right now. Am I cuckoo bananas? Or is this actually wrong? Like, is this not okay? And they'll speak into that. They'll be like, you are being kind of intense about it or it seems fine. And -hmm. I'll hear that. I'm like, okay, I can like let it go then. But if it's like, yeah, that does seem a little off. Got to fix it. We got to work it out. (laughs) (laughs) Because it just needs to be said. This person has growing to do. I have growing to do. I want to be told how I can grow too. How do you do that though? Not everyone knows they have to grow. I'm telling you right now. Tell me. Everyone has to grow. No one's made it. We mess up every single day. That's like the only thing I can tell myself to not get angry at everyone. (laughs) They're growing as fast as they can. Everyone's just growing. We all just have to fail. We all have to fall in order to know how to do better, in order to learn. Mm -hmm. Like that is what learning is. I think maybe that's my view of conflict is like we're just learning. Wow. Everyone's just learning. That's so compassionate to say, like, if we don't talk about this, no one can grow. I think that's a much more compassionate view of conflict and like helpful. It divorces shame from the whole thing. Totally. Or like resentment or anger. It just like cools the situation to think like, wow, that was not okay. And I am not okay. I want this relationship to succeed. I want us both to grow, so I'm going to talk about it, and I want them to grow so that they don't hurt my feelings anymore. Totally. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Also, I just always try to look at Jesus and how he acted towards people. First of all, it wasn't just what was happening in the temple, so I'm okay with his anger in there. (laughs) They weren't in the right spot. They were supposed to be in the outer courts. Get out of here, guys. Tell him, Jenna. (laughs) And then secondly, whenever he heard like whisperings or anything like that, he's always like, guys, what's going on? Oh my gosh, that's so true. You want to say something to me? Even like when they were just thinking it in their hearts, he (laughs) he called them out. (laughs) Holy moly. Yeah. That is like a revelation. Jesus Christ, conflict king. Conflict king. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hilarious. I think for many years, I tried to deal with spiritual stuff in prayer. And then I would even start to bring relational stuff in, but it was still kind of like segmented or fragmented. When in reality, the catechism says body and soul are a unity. Everything is connected. Everything matters. Our faith has to be integrated into our relationships, into conflict, into the way we treat our body, 
into the way we order our days and spend our money. It all has to be integrated. Yeah. I remember when I used to have groups of friends, (laughs) the friendships would not know each other. Mm. I had my school friends. I had my volleyball friends, church friends, and they never commingled. But I think that's how we treat the faith. It's just like a segment. It's a compartment of everything else we have going on. I have to like exercise, but that doesn't have to do with my faith or I have to get my money in order. I have to learn to stop being impatient, whatever it is. I was just telling the Lord last night, I was in virtual adoration. So anyway, I was just telling the Lord, I'm like really tired just from like trying to live in order in life. And the Lord just reminded me, pray with the plan. So all these things that I have planned to live an ordered, peaceful, God-honoring, healthy life, I can't do them without him. So yes, he does want to be in the meal planning and meal prep. Yes, he does want to be on that call or in that small group. And you might even think like, obviously, but it's not as intuitive as you would think. You have to be really intentional to invite the Lord into all of those areas rather than just execute the plan to pray with the plan, whatever your plan is. I think Mike definitely makes me deal with conflict. Mike is very direct. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So anyway, when we first started dating, I think we were actually just engaged. I remember I was being cuckoo. Who knows what I was doing? I was 21 years old, you know. And he said to me, I want to marry a woman, not a little girl. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was like in love. Okay. I'm trying to imagine even being in love and someone saying that to me. I would be like, that person does not love me. Goodbye. Well, it's because I was acting immature. No, I I get that. <laughs> but again, I think it's all about approach here. And I would not have responded to right, that approach. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's why we're different. I think it's an interesting point that you're making that you were formed with that direct approach. Yes. Even my dad was like really harsh like that, but I always was loved by him. Totally. Yeah. So I think it has a lot to do with early experience of like how you're parented or disciplined or not parented or not disciplined. I think our generation, a lot of people, coaches stepped into that gap yeah. and they taught discipline and respect and character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where maybe families fell short or parents fell short, you know? I see that loud and clear on the docu-series Cheer. Okay. I need to watch it. It's unbelievable. And I remember as a youth minister being like really irritated by the way young people were like totally sold out on sports. Families are spending all of their money, all of their weekends, all of their time. But I've now realized, which is a couple of years too late, that much of that is that coaches and sports They're doing a lot of building. Yes. And I think parents see the value of that added layer or level of discipline, character building, confidence. And they're maybe not seeing that in the church. They're seeing in the church like this fluffiness or feel good or, you know, even less than that. They're seeing the church as irrelevant. And over here in sports, they're seeing security in their kids. Yeah, confidence. Well, they're seeing that their child is becoming like a whole person, right. which is what our faith is meant to do as well. Family of origin is huge in totally. terms of conflict. Too. Yeah, yeah. I grew up with a family that did not shy away from conflict. Mm-hmm. 
my parents were super honest with each other. They would yell in front of us. Not that that's right, but we saw the reconciliation and love and deep devotion to each other and loyalty to each other, even in the midst of great conflict. And I think I value that because of how I saw my parents do that. Does that make sense? Praise God, yes. But I think that's a foreign thing to a lot of people who didn't grow up, you know, with a family that had healthy conflict habits. (laughs) Or even as you're saying, like when they overstep, that there was humility and asking of forgiveness. I think for me, as like a conflict novice, (laughs) you know, the Lord has had to parent me from the ground up. And any growth I've made, any change in me is really only like the slow tide of the Lord's love breaking down the pain and the guardedness, just the old ways. Mm -hmm. I wish that I could give a step-by-step thing. I mean, therapy helps. A prayer life helps. Healthy friends help. Healthy friends, Mm. but friends who are doing it too, where you can learn from them. I mean, that's what you've done for me, you know? I mean, it was like brutally hard in the beginning because it was like such a shock to go from like not ever being honest about anything Mm. and then like being in a lot of pain to, oh, (laughs) I have to like use my words. (laughs) (laughs) And I like physically even couldn't speak for a long time. It's like a retraining of your brain, I think. I feel more like whole and more secure than I ever have. I think there's a freedom in that. Oh, for sure. I didn't know there was another way. Yeah. I think I'm like on the end of the spectrum of like really unhealthy about conflict. And you're probably much further along. But is there like a more entry level Mm. first step for most people? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We can each look at an area of growth. And that's not a bad thing. It's just growing with the Lord. Whether it be, wow. Maybe I could use some more courage, Lord, to really speak my mind and be honest. Is it, I think I need more confidence. You know, I wonder if you can just look at your relationships even and who's a safe person to practice with. Because the answer to that might be the closest person to me is my husband, but that is like a minefield, you know? Yeah, totally. So who is a trusted friend that you can practice with? And again, I think you can ask, hey, what do you think about this? Am I off base on this? Or what do you think? And to that trusted person. Or even to say, I'm really trying harder to like embrace conflict and be honest about my feelings. So because I feel safe with you, like I want to give you the invitation to ask me if you think I'm being withholding or, Mm -hmm. you know which that would take a lot of courage as well. But again, I think discerning maybe with God, who is that person? Maybe don't start with like the most intense relationship. (laughs) No, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, let's pray for the people. Let's pray for ourselves. Amen. (laughs) In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we need you, Father. We trust you and we place ourselves in your hands. We're already there, Lord, but I pray that you would give us a 
a deep experiential knowledge of being safe in your hands. Father, who you are makes us more confident, more peaceful. You are our wholeness and our healing. So, God, I ask that you would uh, give us the light to discern areas where you are inviting us to grow. Maybe not in the ways that we think we need to grow, but where you see where you have a vision for our freedom and invite us, even in this moment, God, to grow with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Beth, thank you. As always. A pleasure. As always, Jenna. <laughs> Can't wait to get in conflict with you. Okay. I feel... A little uncomfortable, but I trust you, so I'd be willing to go there. (gasps) See you later. (laughs) Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.